The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nav Athwal. He is the founder and CEO of Realty Shares, which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. Welcome to the show, Nav. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. So let's just start with a little bit of your background and uh, what you were doing before you for- formed their Realty Shares. Sure. So I'm a passionate real estate guy. Uh, I spent about a decade in real estate prior to founding Realty Shares, which uh, happens to also deal in real real estate. I uh, started my career as a as a real estate broker. Uh, so I used to work in in California, mostly in the Bay Area, helping people buy and sell homes, buy and sell apartment buildings, et cetera. So got my exposure to real estate in that in that capacity initially. Uh, then in 2007, I went to law school. Um, you know, it could be a good or bad thing depending on your perspective. Uh, and graduated from UC Berkeley Law School in 2010 and immediately after started work at a law firm also doing real estate work, working with large institutional clients like REITs and and large funds and helping them acquire properties that were already developed uh, and that were cash flowing, but also help them get entitlements and development rights for new properties. Really exciting time in 2010 because activity was just starting to pick up again, especially in San Francisco, where I did most of my work. And so a lot of exciting projects were happening during that time. Um, I worked on the Museum of Modern Arts project, which was expanded and almost doubled. I also worked on uh, helping get development rights for over a thousand multifamily units in a very housing, low supply housing environment, which is great, and also uh, over 400,000 square feet of office and retail space. Uh, So I was doing a lot of real estate work in those capacities, but prior to all this real estate work was an engineer. So always have been fascinated based on that background in technology and real estate with the intersection of real estate and technology. Real estate's a massive market, a lot of inefficiency within how real estate works, and was very eager to determine how to uh, add value by creating more efficiency through technology. And so jumped ship, in late 2013, left the law firm and decided to do realty shares full time, which uh, definitely takes advantage of technology to make real estate investing and capital raising much more efficient than what exists in the offline world. Is one of the reasons you did this the Jobs Act, which was actually passed in 2012, which allowed crowdfunding? Is that one of the spurs to uh, creating realty shares? I think the Jobs Act generally was a great spur for a lot of online marketplaces focused on making capital more available. But it just happened that I had no idea the Jobs Act was out there <laughs> when I started formulating the idea. And then soon after, I was like, oh, there's this uh, Jobs Act. This seems some- like something that could impact what we're trying to build here. So it just happened to be very fortuitous timing. But the Jobs Act, I think, is a, is a monumental legislation, uh, some of the impact of which we still have not even experienced because some of the uh, um, title uh, titles within the Jobs Act have still not realized their full impact, but has already started uh, impacting how securities work and also how capital raising and investing works. So the Jobs Act was definitely a a milestone within online capital raising and investing. So tell us about the inefficiencies in the real estate market and how the real estate marketplace you have created online helps to overcome those inefficiencies. 
Sure. So we approach the inefficiencies from two sides of the market. One is investors looking to invest in real estate, want exposure to more diversified uh, offerings and are heavily invested in stocks and bonds because that's what's readily available to them. And then the other inefficiency we're trying to solve for is capital inefficiency. Um, Those are folks that are looking to raise capital to acquire an asset, have to go to a bank or some offline uh, capital source, and it takes months for them to to actually put that capital together. So when when we created Realty Shares, I uh, actually approached it from the pain point of the person looking for capital. Um, I was buying assets in 2011 and 12, small apartment buildings, single family homes, et cetera. And the biggest pain point for me was getting capital to get the deal done. So a lot of great deals I was not able to complete because banks were pulling back from providing capital, private money sources were very inefficient or very expensive. And my own friends and family had a limit. So I couldn't continue to go to my friends and family to ask for uh, capital that would make for very awkward Thanksgiving uh, get together. So uh, just the, the the inefficiency of having to raise capital offline was a big pain point because it's very lengthy in terms of how long it takes. And there's very expensive uh, incumbents out there that eat into the bottom line for the developer. So that's the one of inefficiency. And then if you look at the investor inefficiency, when I started this platform, I was talking to a lot of my colleagues who were former uh, were lawyers with me at the law firm saying, hey, I want exposure to real estate, but I only have $30,000 or $40,000 and I don't want to put it into one deal. How can I get access to real estate and how could I do it in this a much more efficient way? And the answer was you really can't. If you're looking for smaller bite-sized investments in private real estate, that just there's no vehicle for you to do so. You can go invest in a public REIT, but that's a very different kind of a, uh, uh, an investment uh, product. So uh, really, it's, it's solving for access, cost, and speed. Access to better investment opportunities for passive investors, uh, cheaper uh, alternatives for financing for real estate developers, and much more efficient ways to invest and raise capital. Through our platform, you can invest in a matter of minutes and get exposure to a deal all, all the way across the country, something you can't do today in the offline world. So really solving for those tremendous inefficiencies that exist in investing in and raising capital for an otherwise trillion-dollar market cap uh, asset class. Is this on the equity side and the debt side or only the equity side as far as buying real estate? We focus on both. One of the unique uh, elements of Realty Shares is that we do have a full stack, full capital stack focus and that we can help you uh, raise equity capital, which tends to be the more inefficient part of the capital stack, as well as debt capital. Um, and at the same time, give investors exposure to both sides of the capital stack. Obviously, some like to get exposure to both debt and equity because it provides a nice blended diversified portfolio. So we do focus on both. So let's talk about it from the investor's point of view. Uh, what is the minimum you need and how do you get involved as an investor and what kind of choices are you going to have and how do you pick you know, which of the many offerings would be right for you? So for an investor, uh, you can sign up for, through, directly through our platform, RealtyShares.com, and create a free account. So once you create a free account with us, uh, you go through what's called a, a cooling off period, a 30-day cooling off period. It's SEC mandated, so not something we can control. And after that 30 days, you can start investing through the platform and, and viewing our active offerings. Um, we have, at any given time, we have anywhere from half a dozen to, 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 uh, to a dozen active offerings, and they're very diversified. So you'll see single family, you'll see commercial, you'll see debt equity, and you'll see maybe five to 10 different markets on the platform. Um, and you can invest in those uh, opportunities for as little as $5,000. So that's what I think is very game-changing about the platform is typically if you want private real estate exposure, you're investing a minimum of $100,000 and getting very concentrated exposure to a single asset, single market, 
single operator through our platform, you could put that same $100,000 into 20 different investments in different markets and get exposure to a much more diversified uh, pool of inv- uh, real estate uh, deals relative to what you can get offline. Uh, but but if you find an investment you like, you can actually get a lot of data on that deal through directly through our platform. We have things like financial information on the property, the management team that's going to be operating the property. You get uh, access to d- deal documents, so anything from an appraisal to a title report to to a financial model. So we're really trying to make it as efficient as possible for investors that are uh, interested in a specific offering to do all their diligence in a much more quick, a much quicker way and directly invest through the platform. So the act, the actual action of investing is about three minutes in duration and you transfer all your capital through directly through the marketplace via ACH and you uh, sign all documents via e-signature. So it's really taken away all of the barriers that exist today in the offline world for investing in real estate, which is very capital intensive, very fragmented. And when you find a deal you like, you have to go through a lot of um, you know, motions to finally get that uh, investment executed. And you, on Realty Shares, you can do that all in a matter of minutes. So uh, that's the experience today for investors. You can pick and choose different assets and invest as low as $5,000 in a very efficient, streamlined way. So are you doing fractional shares? Say a particular building is 200000 You might have 40 people with 5000 each, or how does it work if you have people putting in small amounts in a building that's worth a lot more than that? That's exactly right. So we're, we're using the power of the crowd, um, essentially, to aggregate and pool capital from a diverse set of investors that want smaller ex- pieces of exposure to an asset, pooling it all together to be able to finance you know, a couple million dollars for the, the developer. So it, an, a single investment through our platform could have anywhere from you know five investors up to maybe 90 investors. Um, it's, it, it depends on the size of the actual offering, but that's exactly how we do it. And the structure we use is a limited liability company. So an LLC is what you're actually buying into if you're, getting, if you're investing in an asset through our platform. So each particular property has its own LLC. Is that the way it works? That's exactly right. Um, the only caveat is our debt offerings. Actually, you're not buying an LLC interest. You're you're doing a you're buying into a uh, core, uh, wholly owned subsidiary of Realty Shares, and that subsidiary is issuing uh, debt obligations that you're buying. Um, and the reason we do that is because it's much more efficient. Um, and uh, it produces a 1099 rather than a K1, which is something our investors uh, would rather have, uh, especially on a debt offering. So the structure is a little different for debt, but for every equity offering we do, we do a separate LLC for every investment that's listed on the platform. On the debt side, are the investors in first position or second position? What is their security on when they're lending to a particular project? 90% of our deals are first position deals. So uh, most of them are you know, first lien, uh, secured by a deed of trust or mortgage with a promissory note and typically also a personal guarantee from the borrower. Um, we have done a subset of second lien deals, but that's uh, that's a that's something we only do on a rare uh, occasion when we feel the risk and return dynamics of a specific offering are very strong to warrant uh, a subordinate position on the debt stack. But typically, it's always first lien. And what has been the default rate so far on the debt side? Uh, on the debt side, our default rate's been very uh, low. Um, we've, uh, I think, last time we measured our default rate, it was in the very low single digits. I think less than one uh, percent, uh, possibly, um, and we track that on a quarterly basis. Um, so the debt, the debt um, performance has been great. And I think one of the interesting things about the platform is we're able to 
generate yields for investors on the debt side that are that are very strong compared to what they'd get with treasuries or even corporate bonds. Um, we're yielding anywhere from eight nine percent at a minimum, um, and we're able to do that while still preserving, um, you know, the. Uh, the default rates at a very low um, range. And the reason we're able to do that is kind of the dislocation I was mentioning earlier. There's a lot of great up borrowers out there and, and, and developers out there that are just not getting access to efficient capital. And so you're able to give those developers access to much quicker, efficient capital, oftentimes at a cost savings to offline providers, but yet still generate healthy yields on a risk-adjusted basis for investors. So I think that's the beauty of the marketplace at work, is it's really taking advantage of latent supply, latent demand, allowing those two uh, sides to transact much more efficiently and tap into one another while still preserving the the quality of, um, that's important to each side. So on the investor side, so you can be getting 8 to 9%. Those are annual yields. Uh, and what is the hold period for something like that? Uh, so, yeah, those are annual yields. Um, typically on debt, we're paying a monthly interest rate. Um, and on equity, we're paying a monthly or quarterly dividend, depends on the specific structure of the deal. Um, the duration ranges for various offerings. So we don't have a secondary market today. So if you buy into an offering, you're actually uh, in that offering for the duration of the deal. So what 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 that means is very important for us to offer wide durations in our offering. So on the low end, you can see an offering on the platform that's six months in duration. On the high end, it's up to five years. Um, so if, depending on what your liquidity needs are, you can buy into more shorter term offerings. And if you're investing in through a tax deferred structure, like an IRA, then you might want to get exposure into longer term offerings because there's less reinvestment risk. Um, in the future, we'll roll out a secondary market where you would be able to trade your shares prior to the actual disposition of the asset or the maturity of the loan, but something that we haven't rolled out just yet. Very good. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nav Athwal. He is the founder and CEO at Realty Shares, uh, which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. Uh, you can find out more about him at his website, RealtyShares.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. 
My guest this hour is Nav Athwal. He is the founder and CEO at Realty Shares, which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. Welcome back to the show, Nav. Thanks so much. So part of the Jobs Act uh, we talked about, which started was passed, I guess, in 2012, allows these online uh, marketplaces create something called a Reg A Plus fund. Uh, and there's two of them out there that I know of called Realty Mogul and Fundrise. Uh, explain maybe how that works. Is that something that you might eventually want to get into as well? Sure. So um, this is going to require a little bit of uh, just background knowledge on how securities laws work today. So hopefully I don't bore your listeners here. But uh, typically, uh, prior to the Jobs Act, if you wanted to issue a security, you had to do one of two things. Either you had to register it with the SEC, uh, going through initial public offering like most public uh, companies do when they're going from private to public, like Facebook did or Twitter, or you have to fall within one of the uh, enumerated exemptions. Uh, most private offerings uh, or most real estate offerings are private offerings because it just doesn't make sense to go through a lengthy, expensive registration process. So typically, the most widely used exemption has been Reg D Rule 506. That's the private syndication exemption. And what that says is you can raise capital without having to go through that registration. Um, and you can raise as much as you want, but you can only raise it through accredited investors. And you cannot use any form of solicitation or advertising. So you can only raise it from people that you have a pre-existing relationship with. So the Jobs Act had various new titles, and, and some of which were aimed at changing some of those restrictions. So providing an exemption that would allow for you to go after non-accredited investors and would allow you to publicly solicit and advertise to them, one of which was Title IV, and Title IV is what created Reg A+. So what Reg A+, says is you can actually raise from non-accredited investors, you can raise up to $50 million, uh, compare it to Reg D, where you can raise as much as you want, there's no cap, but you have to go through kind of a semi- you know, a, process, a registration process that is not as involved as doing an IPO, but still is not as easy as doing a Reg D. So it essentially requires you to still file something with the SEC. Once it's approved, you can raise uh, up to $50 million and you can raise it from accredited or non-accredited. And that's an annual limit, the $50 million. So essentially what some platforms have done, and you mentioned two of them, have taken advantage of this to raise capital for real estate offerings. Um, so both the, the mogul and the fundrise vehicles are structured under a real estate investment trust because it provides more efficient tax reporting, et cetera, for investors. Um, and they essentially can raise up to $50 million in those vehicles and deploy that capital into online real estate deals um, and utilize both accredited and non-accredited investors. Most platforms that do not use Reg A+, similar to Realty Shares, are limited to accredited investors only. So that is one big limiting kind of a creation of Reg D, uh, but the Reg A plus vehicle allows you to actually go after non-accreds in a way that hasn't been possible before and raise up to $50 million, which is not a insignificant amount of capital. So what is the advantage to the investor of investing in a Reg A plus fund like Realty Mogul or Fundrise, as opposed to, say, doing a REIT with a traditional uh, way of structuring real estate? Right, so it's 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 the same it's the same benefit that you get from just using online marketplaces like Realty Shares in general. It's really lower fee. So a lot of non-traded reads. So you can think of the Reg A Plus online e-read as a non-traded uh, read competitor because publicly traded REITs are obviously much different and they're liquid and, and they just are the types of assets they're investing in are different. So I don't I'm kind of not comparing public REITs to what's happening in the online world. But if you look at non-traded REITs, the fee structures on those non-traded REITs are typically 
upwards of 10 to 15 percent. Um, a lot of that, uh, those fees go to middlemen that are bringing investors to these vehicles. By using an online vehicle like an e-REIT, you're able to cut out a lot of those middlemen and reduce the costs of investing. So I think the biggest advantage for an investor of using an online REIT where the distribution channels are more efficient and less costly is you actually have lower fees that you're paying. And so that means you have potentially higher returns, assuming that the REIT's underlying assets perform um, as they're projected to perform. So I think that's the biggest advantage. And if you were to create something like this, if there was a Realty Shares Reggae Plus Fund, how would that differ from Realty Mogul and Fundrise and other existing Reggae Plus funds? So I, I think the, the the Reggae Plus vehicle is very interesting to us. As I mentioned, we're only Reg D Rule 506 today, so we're limited to accredited investors. And we have over 100,000 non-accredited investors that have signed up for our uh, platform that just can't invest with us today. So the biggest advantage for getting them for a second about uh, Mogul and Fundrise is we, were, we're, we would be able to tap into a part of our marketplace that today is sitting there waiting for us to open our doors to, to non-accredited investors. So that's a very strong potential value proposition for realty shares, for investors, and for the underlying sponsors. I think the biggest difference between the three vehicles is really going to be how what kind of offerings we're going after and the fee structure. So we have always been the, one of the lowest fee providers out of any marketplace out there. So keeping fees low is one of the big advantages I think we can create for investors relative to what they're getting in the offline world. Um, so I think we'd want to stay true to that if we rolled out a Reg 8 Plus vehicle and hopefully be even lower than some of our comp competition. And I think the second thing, as I mentioned, is really the offerings that we focus on. We have some of the broadest offerings out of any other marketplace out there. We offer commercial residential debt equity. So I think that would be very true for the REIT as well. So you'd get a maximum diversification by investing through a structure such as ours. Um, obviously, as with any investment, there's risk with the restructure or with direct investing, but I think just that diversification would be a, a core advantage to investors. As these roll out, these Reg A plus funds roll out, is the future of real estate crowdfunding more with funds like that or with individual deals that we've been doing now? Hopefully in the future, we won't have to pick. I think one of the benefits of uh, of what we're creating here is we give investors varying options to take get exposure to real estate with the, the with a common theme, which is low fees, streamlined investing options, and uh, online reporting and and distribution. So it's really it's more the overarching theme is how do we create more efficiency within real estate investing. Uh, but whether they're participating directly in picking individual deals or investing in a fund, I think both options will remain available. Um, through these online marketplaces. And I think you could think about it uh, similar to like the picking individual stocks versus investing in a mutual fund. Investors sometimes want to pick individual stocks. They think a certain market's going to do better than other markets. They like a certain product profile. And other times they just want to put money into a fund and get diversified exposure without thinking about every single investment uh, or every single uh, allocation that fund's going to make. So I think both opportunities will cater to a broad set of investors with investors participating in both vehicles, depending on their uh, appetite for a specific market, product type, or operator. Will there be lots of Reg A plus funds coming? Is this something you see big growth opportunities in? I think the Reg A plus vehicle is definitely going to be one of the fastest growing components of the JOBS Act. I think Title III, which was the crowdfund exemption, hoped to be what Reg A plus will become, which is an, an opportunity or an ability uh, uh, for non-accredited investors to participate in online marketplaces. I don't think Title III is going to be that impactful because of the major restrictions within it. So I do think Title IV will end up being the vehicle that allows non-accredited to participate in, in online platforms. So I think 
the future looks pretty bright. Um, obviously, it's too early to tell exactly how it'll shape up in 2017 and beyond because it's so brand new, but it's already being adopted both by real estate platforms, but also platforms that are um, not involved in real estate at all. There's a platform called Seed Invest that allows investors to get exposure to private tech companies. So that uh, that and that uh, platform is also utilizing Reggae Plus to tap into non-accred. So I think it's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to watch how Reggae Plus takes shape over the next year. Um, now, for people going into individual deals, what happens if there are problems with the deals? Uh, whether you know people default in their mortgages or the value of the real estate goes down, there can be complications in uh, tracking what's happening with individual deals. Who deals with those? And, and again, you've got the the ownership spread all over the place with fractional interest. How is all that handled? Yeah, and that's a great question. So, you know, just want to make clear that as with any type of investing, investing in real estate and investing in real estate through online platforms like Realty Shares and, and some of the others you mentioned involves risk, right? There's uh, there's a return potential, but that return potential is subject to different risks. Um, and I think we do a few different things to mitigate that risk before getting into the to the default scenario. Uh, one is we curate every deal. So we're getting over a thousand applications every month and we're curating to pick the best you know, 5% of operators and deals that we think have the chance of success based on our uh, pre-vetting of those deals. So really there we're looking for sponsor strengths. So who is the person looking for capital? What's their track record? What's their FICO? What's their liquidity situation? And then we're also looking at the market and the deal. You know, what market is this deal sitting in? What's the potential drivers for this market? And is the asset in, in a uh, condition that we'd actually want to finance it? So there's a lot of different components that uh, we care about on the front end. Now, once the deal is approved and listed, uh, there's always the opportunity once it's funded and, and, and performing that it could go into non-performing status. Um, Realty Shares has a, a an established asset management and servicing function, which means we're the ones that provide the distributions to investors, the reporting to investors, and also would step in in case of a default situation and handle that. On the debt side, it's pretty easy because it's a secured investment. There's foreclosure processes and all the different states around the country, and we have um, national vendors we work with in case there is uh, the need to take a property back. On the equity side, it's a little bit more complex, and that's where our asset management team would come in um, to do a workout with the underlying sponsor. Um, but the responsibility of doing that is resides with Realty Shares, um, and so we do step in and, and and, and take over if there is a default situation. But we try to mitigate the chances of that by being very uh, conservative on the front end when we're underwriting and evaluating these opportunities by picking only the what we think are the best sponsors and the best opportunities from a risk and return standpoint. So the fees to pay for all that management are basically coming out of investors' returns. They're, they have to have those services, but they're getting less than they would if they were managing it directly. Is that what you're saying? Right. We take a ongoing uh, servicing fee from our investors that amounts to about 1% annually on their uh, on their capital. Um, and that really goes towards that that servicing asset management reporting function um, and, you know, stepping in if there is an issue. So, you know, obviously a lot of our investors want to be very passive when it comes to real estate investing. They want exposure without the headaches of, of having to deal with managing assets um, and managing underperforming assets. So one of the core components of our service is not only providing them access to broad set of deals in a much more streamlined, less capital intensive way to invest, but also providing the ongoing report, reporting and servicing functions that are very core to that streamlined nature of investing in real estate that we make possible. Very good. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nav Aswal. He's the founder and CEO at Realty Shares.
which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. You can find out more at his website, which is realtyshares.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nav Athwal. He's the founder and CEO at Realty Shares, which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. You can find out more at realtyshares.com. Welcome back to the show, Nav. Thanks so much. So you recently, raised, you recently raised some money from investors. How much did you raise and how are you going to be putting that to work? Uh, so uh, it was about a year ago and it was last January. So I guess that is uh, recent, uh, but in, in, venture, in the venture world, that's uh, a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so we've collectively raised about $32 million. The last round was $20 million. That was what we closed in January. Um, and a lot of the, the capital we've raised is going towards a few different things. One is uh, hiring for the team. We've more than doubled our headcount. Over the last year, we're now about 82 folks, all based in San Francisco. So really adding more talent to the team across the various core functions like technology and product, but also investments, credit, risk, finance, et cetera. Um, the second is just continue to build our brand. So we do have a marketing budget, and we spend uh, that budget on acquiring investors, building brand recognition, PR, et cetera. Um, and that's really to just continue telling the story of what we do and the value proposition we can create for both investors and borrowers. Um, so those are the main kind of focus areas for us. Um, and then the third is just technology infrastructure. Uh, we're a technology platform at our core and continue to provide more and more tools for our investors and sponsors to make their jobs more efficient. Um, that's a core uh, focus of ours going into 2017. Um, so yeah, so we that, those are the main applications of the capital um, and we've been growing very quickly. So it's, it's great to see the momentum. Do you see an unlimited uh, supply of high quality deals. I mean, you said you got a thousand things, but you you only take five percent of them. Uh, is there always going to be plenty of deals to offer to your investors? I think, regardless of the cycle you're in in real estate, there's always good deals to be done. I think it really does come down to who the 
person who the who the actual sponsor or operator is. Um, so we have a very sponsor operator uh, first approach when we come when it comes to curation. We always want to know who's behind this deal. What's their track record? You know, what have they done previously? What does their prior portfolio look like? So I think no matter what cycle you're in, there's always opportunities to generate. Uh, returns from real estate. It, the, the type of deals you're looking at may change um, and the structures may change, but the actual fact that real estate can generate yields regardless of the cycle, I think is very important. A lot of folks that made a lot of money in real estate were actively investing in 2010 when uh, values were at historically low levels and a lot of people were scared out of the market. So I think it's a very opportunistic game, the, the game of investing in real estate, and it really depends on who you're partnering with. Uh, but yeah, for us, I think the market is so massive uh, that it's 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 less about is there enough opportunities. It's more about you know we got to make sure we find the best opportunities out of what could be a large list of opportunities to put on the platform. And that's really that core underwriting and vetting function that's so inherent to what we do and, and the value proposition we create for investors. So talk a little bit about that. What do you do in vetting specific properties more than just the people? Are you doing appraisals? Uh, Describe a little bit the vetting and underwriting process you go through before you put a, a particular deal on your platform. Sure. So it's a little different for debt and equity, but I think there's commonalities that I'll talk about at high level. So the first, when it, when someone is looking to raise capital through realty shares, the first thing they do is submit an online application, and they could be driven through that to that application through marketing, PR, word of mouth, etc. So once they get to that application, we ask them 10 to 20 questions around who they are, their prior success in real estate, what they're looking for, the kind of assets they're operating. That's really for us to get a sense of who they are and whether their deal is going to be a fit. If they're if after that application, we feel that um, sponsor and the deal is a fit, then we'll move them on to the next step, which is to uh, discuss their opportunity with a dedicated investment professional um, that has a background in real estate um, and or sales. And that investment professional will then try to size them up and, and really just uh, ask them additional questions beyond what was asked on that online application. And what we're trying to do there is determine, is this borrower, is this sponsor a fit based on their background, their track record, and even some of the background and uh, credit checks that we'll perform on them at a future date. So once we've gotten comfortable with who that borrower is and, and a preliminary understanding of their deal and their capital request, then we'll do a more thorough underwriting. And that includes a few different things, depending on if it's a debt or equity offering. If it's debt, we'll commission an appraisal. So we'll actually work with a third-party vendor that has a national footprint to get an appraisal done, to get an inspection done. And we'll also pull title on the deal and uh, look at the borrower's financial financial uh, history, liquidity, and FICO, and, and background history. So once we've done all that and, and have been able to do a more thorough underwriting of the deal, then we'll actually proceed to say, yes, we're going to move forward with this deal and list it on the, uh, to the marketplace so investors can take a look at it and potentially fund it. For equity, it's, it's even more involved because the equity deals are more complex commercial deals. We're on the debt side. A lot of the deals are multifamily, single-family, residential deals. So there we're doing a much more thorough review of the mo model and assumptions that are driving returns for investors as indicated by the sponsor. So we're looking at data around comps, cap rates, vacancy rates, both through our internal and external data uh, providers in determining if the returns are actually achievable and what the risks are with the offering. So we do a pretty deep dive into the borrower, into the property, into the condition of the property, the value of the property, as well as the financials and financial projections that get to the ultimate returns that are potentially achievable for investors. And you're saying a lot of properties drop out along the way because they don't meet your criteria. 
Well, I, I think a lot of general sponsors and applicants drop out because they don't meet our criteria. I think that's where we lose most of the leads is just having a sponsor who doesn't have established a track record or has some sort of background issue or has a very low FICO or just isn't the, doing the kind of deals that we would want to do through the platform. But once that sponsor's approved, then yes, we're looking at their deal and determining, you know, is their return number high enough? Is the risk too high for our investor base? So it's really getting deeper into the deal once we've gotten comfortable with who the sponsor is. Once somebody has invested in the equity deal, your part ownership in that particular property, are you getting income from rents or is the long-term play the appreciation of that property or what, why would somebody want to do equity as opposed to debt? Uh, you mean from the investor's perspective? The or investor's the, perspective, yeah. yes. So we have two types of equity uh, investments. We have preferred equity, which functions similar to debt in that there's a um, preset coupon that you're getting every month or every quarter, and then you're also potentially getting an accrued piece as well that's paid at the end of the at the maturity date of the deal. Um, so that's more like a debt-like uh, vehicle or, or structure. And then we also have JV equity, where you're getting uh, a cash flow distribution based on rents that that are actually achieved at the property, as well as an IRR that's driven by that in-place cash flow, as well as the upside that's realized upon sale. So I think depending on you know your risk profile. Um, you may like the preferred versus the JV, or you may like both, or you may just like the JV. Um, and I think the, the benefits of, of equity versus debt for an investor is debt is obviously more secure, um, is uh, lower in the cap stack, so you have less exposure um, if there's a, a value drop or NOI drop, but your returns are also capped and, and lower than equity. So I think a lot of our investors that w like exposure to equity like the fact that if the property goes up in value, over the life of the of the deal, that they're going to get some of that upside when the property is actually sold, generate an IRR that can be mid-teens with a lot of our offerings. So I think it's really the risk and return profile of the investor and what they're looking for. Like I mentioned before, most of our investors like getting exposure to both. Uh, think of it like getting exposure to the stock market and the bond market. The bond market yields are lower, but more secure. Stocks have potentially more lucrative returns, but more risky. Same thing with debt and equity and real estate. Debt is a little bit more secure. Uh, typically first lien, but lower returns. Equity has that potential for upside that a lot of investors like to get, at least for a part of their portfolio. If you want to, as an investor, uh, go for growth, uh, is it better to go for deals in uh, kind of thriving markets where there's low, low supply, like a San Francisco, where the prices may be higher, or is it better to go to a Midwest place where it's not maybe as exciting, but you're getting in uh, at better cap rates and lower prices? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. I think it's really relative um, and based on where we're at in, in terms of the, the valuation of that market. So, you know, a lot of investor uh, markets like San Francisco hold value pretty well. And even when they drop value, like we saw in 2009, it picks up pretty quickly. I mean, right now in San Francisco, we're above pre-recession levels, which is pretty amazing. Um, uh, but right now we're also at a, uh, at, a, at a part of the market in San Francisco where it's very overheated. So, um, you know, there's a potential for a, a further decline in value before it goes back up. So, but San Francisco historically, like New York, has been a market where if you're looking for growth rather than income, it's a good market to be in because you're going to see a steady increase because they're very supply constrained markets. Um, and if you're looking for income and higher returns in, in a, at a current basis, like cash flow distributions, then markets like San Francisco, where cap rates are in the sub 4% range, are not going to be great for that. And you're going to want to look at markets like Columbus, Dallas, Chicago, where there's uh, where there's less cap rate compression and, and 
better potential for yield. So it really depends on both what you're looking for, growth versus income, as well as what part of the cycle you're in in that specific market. Because right now, if you're looking for growth, San Francisco may not be the best option because we're at historically low cap rates. And so I think we'll actually see cap rate uh, cap rate increases because of that rather than decreases. So you may not get that same growth potential you'd get in other years. For investors who are not familiar with all this, and maybe you've never done this before, you know, do individual deals. What kind of help do, do your staff give people to help figure out what the best deal to go into is if there's several of them on the platform? So, so we don't make investor investment recommendations, uh, but we can provide uh, data to help the investor make an educated decision around an investment. It really starts with our blog. Um, our blog, realtyshares.com backslash blog, um, has a lot of just uh, white papers and and blog posts on how real estate works, what a cap rate is, you know, how real estate underwriting works, et cetera. These are purely for informational purposes, but I think that's a great place for investors to start if they don't have a background in real estate because there's some good educational content on there. Um, and then beyond that, it's really looking at the deal page for the specific offering. When you're looking to invest in a deal through Realty Shares, you can get access to a whole host of data. And we try to present that data in a very easy to understand way. Um, and then we also also, we'll host things like webinars. We'll do drone flybys on properties. So we'll do a lot of uh, things just to get the investors more um, educated around a specific offering before they actually make the decision to invest. And I think it's very important for investors to get comfortable with a deal before they make a rational uh, a decision to invest in that deal because you know they, they are investing potentially substantially large sums of money into deals, and it's important for them to understand the risk and return profile of that specific offering. And is there going to be a secondary market in Long? You said at the moment there is not, but if somebody wants to sell their, this is on the equity side, uh, how would they be able to do that or how, how is a secondary market going to be created in these things? Yeah, secondary market is something we've we've talked about a lot. Uh, it comes up every quarter, uh, and it's something that we definitely have future plans to create. Uh, but the focus right now for us is really continuing to add features to our primary market, so being able to add you know more efficiencies around investing, more education around investing. So the focus for the the first half of the year, at least, is going to be just building out more features on the primary marketplace. Um, and the secondary market is something we could we can be putting into place as early as late 2017, but more likely in early 2018. So that that's I think that's game changing for real estate because real estate's a very illiquid. I mean, not not accounting the public re market is a very illiquid investment option. So that's one disadvantage of real estate. Um, although you can argue that having illiquidity also could be a good thing for investments, um, but it is one disadvantage that's that that keeps investors from getting into longer term deals that tend to be better deals. In real estate because there's less risk. So a secondary market is very key to our theme of developing a real estate ecosystem that connects investors to deals, connects sponsors to capital, but allow, also allows investors and sponsors to transact with real estate in a way that hasn't been possible before. And what that means is for investors creating some sort of liquidity mechanism via a secondary market that allows them to trade in and out of deals that hasn't been possible in the offline world where real estate is very illiquid. You say that you're uh, doing equity investments and with sponsors. Now, these are people who are renovating the properties or are they just holding them? What do they typically do with the money? Are they taking cash out? What are they doing with the money they're getting from you? Yeah, 95% of our, our uh, equity uh, capital raises are for new acquisitions. So they're not for recaps or refinances, but rather for someone who's identified a property, put it in their contract, and is looking to now circle the limited partnership equity into the deal. Um, 
and, and typically the way uh, the, the, the the strategy of the deal differs, but typically it's taking a asset that's under managed or where vacancy is higher than market and and building a strategy around adding value over a two to three year time period and then selling it in years three to five. So there's typically some work to be done. It's not just buying an existing cash flowing asset and holding it for five years because that is not a value proposition for the marketplace, but rather having a sponsor with an established track record in a specific market, buying an asset with some mismanagement, some value add component, adding that value over a short period of time, increasing cash flows and also generating a healthy IRR at disposition. So that's the most typical use case in terms of equity that we're providing through the marketplace for real estate companies. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Gooden with The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nav Athwal. He's the founder and CEO at Realty Shares, which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. And you can find out more at his website, realtyshares.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nav Athwal. He's the founder and CEO at Realty Shares, which is an online marketplace for real estate investing. You can find out more at realtyshares.com. Welcome back to the show, Nav. Thanks, Jordan. Great, great so to be lately, back. There's been a lot of house flipping and there's house flipping shows, and we seem to be getting back to the wild and crazy days of 2006, 2007. Uh, is this a good time to be flipping houses, and is that something that can be done through your platform, or is it getting a little bit too overheated? Uh, I think that's a that's a great question. I think it's really based on um, what market you're in. I think right now, house flipping house flipping profits at an all time high. Uh, they're you know on average, a house flipper could generate seventy thousand dollars of profit per deal, and compare that to two thousand nine, where it was only about nineteen thousand dollars per flip. So that's a big delta compared to where we were only five six years ago. So it's it could be a really good time to flip a home. 
um, especially in markets where there's low supply and appreciating home uh, prices. A lot of the coast uh, markets, like uh, even markets like New York and, and San Francisco and LA, there could be a lot of potential profit to be generated from from flipping homes. Uh, but you know whether or not you should be flipping, it really is based on you know what gives you a competitive advantage. Can you find great off-market deals, and are you able to then uh, rehab the property in a very efficient way so you can flip that home as quickly as possible. A lot of money lost in flipping is lost because there's delays in, in the rehab portion uh, of the flip um, that you're trying to execute. So, uh, But very potentially very lucrative, and I think we'll continue to see strong trends going into 2017 as home prices remain at uh, historically high levels and supply remains very constrained. I and mean, we haven't seen as much home building activity post uh, the recession. Uh, home builder sentiment is is low and getting lower due to rising interest rates. So because of that, you're seeing a very low supply environment and flippers are taking advantage of that by adding value to underutilized housing stock and then flipping it for a profit in a very short duration. So a pretty interesting time to be a house flipper. And if you are looking to flip homes and you have a track record, Realty Shares is a great provider of capital for that. We're able to provide Provide financing in as little as 10 days to flippers that uh, have a property identified and have at least done, done at least a few flips in the past. We're not doing uh, loans for first-time flippers. Um, so if you are looking to flip a home and get uh, cost-effective financing in a matter of a week, uh, we could be a great partner for you. So in other words, people on the investor side can also be participating in the profits from that because they, they're going to get the financing, they're going to use it to renovate the place and then sell it. So you'd have a relatively short turnaround as an investor, if you're financing a flipper, is that right? Right, but, but all of our financing for flippers is debt. So um, you're not actually participating in the upside, but you're actually able to generate a pretty healthy yield. And the reason we structure as debt is flipping can be very lucrative, but it can also be very risky. And being in an equity portion of the of the flip, I think, is just too risky for what we're comfortable with for the marketplace. But being on the debt side could be very uh, attractive because your uh, your lever typically no higher than on an after repaired basis no higher than seventy percent, and able to generate eight to nine percent in an annual distrib- uh, uh, dividend. Yield, or sorry, interest rate yield that's paid every month. But for the uh, the flipper, he gets to keep the profit if the deal goes well, but he's taking the risk is what you're saying. That's exactly right. The flipper gets to maintain that upside if the flip is successful, but is also taking the downside risk, um, which I think is a happy medium for us at Realty Shares, where we're trying to generate healthy risk-adjusted returns for investors while providing efficient capital for flippers and uh, other companies looking for capital on both residential and commercial products. As you've been saying, you're an online technology marketplace in the real estate space. How has technology changed what's available in real estate investing compared to when there were not these online crowdfunding platforms? So I, I think technology is obviously changing um, how we work, how we live, how we eat. Uh, every two months, there's a some sort of company trying to change how we the foods are delivered or, or prepared. Um, so it's really making an impact on our daily lives. And real estate's this massive untapped market. We're we're talking about an asset that's where the market cap's measured in trillions, not billions. Yet very little has changed in, in terms of technology integration within real estate. You saw in the early 2000s, uh, platforms like Trulia and Zillow start to scratch the surface of making data more accessible. So if you're looking for a home, you can actually start that search online rather than having to call a local broker. Um, but but very little beyond that's happened over the last decade. And now you're starting to see platforms like Realty Shares 
uh, actually impact how we not only interact with real estate, which has already happened before with these other incumbents, but also how we transact with real estate, whether it's buying a home online or financing a property online or investing in one online. That's something that's very nascent within real estate technology and something that is, is going to be game changing over the next five to 10 years as more and more consumers get comfortable with technology as a way to invest their money and raise capital for projects um, rather than just to find data on real estate deals. So I think that the the, the biggest impact for t- uh, in terms of technology within real estate is yet to be experienced. And I think we're at the forefront of it. And I'm very excited to see what the next five to 10 years brings for real estate and technology. I assume right now you're only domestic in the U.S. Are you p- planning on going overseas and doing real estate around the world as well? I would love to do real estate deals in markets like Cuba at some point in the future. Uh, but right now, we're only in the U.S. Um, I think the market size in the U.S. is so large um, and, and, and expanding to foreign markets is so complex that going international anytime soon is just not something that's in the business plan. But we've always thought about international expansion as an opportunity to continue providing value to our investors because now not only are you making real estate investing uh, efficient uh, across the country here in the U.S., but you're also potentially providing opportunities in markets that investors would otherwise never have had opportunities in. I mean, I I, I think every month my friends and I are talking about opportunities in a foreign market where we're like, yeah, it'd be great if we had an ability to invest in that market, but we're never ever serious about it because you know doing that would be impossible. So being able to actually create access there would be very interesting, but not something that's in the roadmap over the next few years. One of the things you mentioned is that interest rates have been rising, and they've risen pretty sharply in the last two months or so. What impact would that have on people's holdings, particularly on the debt side? So because our spreads in terms of where the um, long-term interest rates are and where mortgage rates are for consumers is so large, uh, we don't see a big impact. Um, and if you're if you're looking at our platform, you may be comparing us to like you know triple uh, B corporate bond yields, and we still have a nice healthy spread of three to four percent. So a you know small increase in interest rates isn't going to impact us um, in in a big way. Um, and the reason why we're able to generate those yields is again that dislocation in the market. But I think what we're starting to see. Uh, you know, as a result of rising interest rates is um, a drop in in new applications from consumer borrowers. So you are starting to see an impact on how many folks are actually going to apply for a mortgage. Um, You know, and we've seen double digit drops over the last year alone. Um, So I think that's the biggest impact. But if you if you think about it, we're still well below the historical average in terms of interest rates. I know there's a lot of talk about, oh gosh, there's, you know, we're, we're, the Fed's increasing the rate by a quarter of a percent. But if you compare that to where we were in the 90s, we're still well below where we were. Um, and I think rising interest rates can also mean a good thing, a good, good things, because typically interest rates are, are rising when the economy is improving, right? So I think, um, you know, the, the, the actual action of rising interest rates, I think the impact is a little overblown, but we will see at least an impact in terms of uh, housing applications as well as potential home builder sentiment, which I've talked about uh, prior, um, which could uh, continue to make the supply and de- demand imbalance even greater and continue raising the uh, average price of a home, which impacts first-time home buyers as well as home buyers that have been in the market and are looking to upsize their home. In about two minutes we have left, just kind of summarize why somebody should want to be involved with Realty Shares, both as an investor and as somebody wanting to raise capital. 
Sure. As, as I mentioned before, RealtyShares is an online marketplace for real estate investing, catering to investors that want exposure to real estate in a much more efficient way than, than has been possible in the offline world, while also providing capital in a much more efficient way, both in terms of cost and time for real estate developers. If you're an investor that's invested historically only in stocks and bonds and has wanted to invest in real estate but don't know where to go to get access, RealtyShares gives you access to a free account the ability to invest as well as $5,000 and to do it in a matter of minutes and also get updates and reporting directly through your Realty Shares account on an ongoing basis, something that just hasn't been possible before. And if you're a real estate developer looking for debt or equity financing and you've been traditionally using banks or hard money lenders and that capital is just way too expensive or too slow, we can provide you capital in a matter of 10 to 15 days, do it at a cost savings as compared to other private money sources, and give you exposure to thousands of investors that want to invest with you in your deal. So it's a very uh, strong value proposition, no matter what side of the marketplace you're looking at it. If you look at the most, um, the most um, uh, successful investors out there, the big institutions, the endowments like Harvard and Yale, 20 to 25 percent of their allocation is to real estate and that's something individuals just haven't had the luxury of having historically and with realty shares you're able to get that exposure and diversify in a meaningful way terrific well thanks very much my guest this hour has been uh, nav athwal he is the founder and ceo at realty shares as you've heard all about the online marketplace for real estate investing and again you can find out more by going to his website realtyshares.com thanks so much for being a guest on the money as a show now Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business.